0: Now, sit as we hear
1: the words of Holy Scripture for this morning.
0: A reading from the book of Genesis. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature. That is with you for all further generations. I, I have set and um, I have set my bow I have set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds. I will remember my covenant that is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the cloud, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, "This is this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is the word of the Lord." Thanks,
1: Thanks
0: be to God. Psalm for today is Psalm twenty-five, and the response is, "Your part, O Lord, I loved; I love and faithfulness to those who keep your covenant." Your hearts, O
2: Lord, are love and faithfulness to those will be your covenant.
0: To you, O Lord, I lift, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be humili, humiliated, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Uh, let none who look to you be put up to shame. Let... The treacherous be disappointed in their schemes. Your, your path, O Lord, Lord, are love and faithfulness, faithfulness to those who keep your command. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the Lord of my salvations. In your hand, in you have I trusted all. The day long.
2: Your part, O oh Lord, oh Lord, are love and faithfulness to those who keep your quiet.
0: Oh lo- remember, O oh Lord, your compassion and love, for they have for they are for everlasting remembering. Remember not the sins of my youth. And my, transgressions, remem- and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love and for the sake of your god- gl- goodness, O Lord. your heart, your heart O Lord, o Lord, and Lord
1: and and to those who keep your covenant.
0: Gracious are upright, is the Lord. Therefore he teaches sinners In his way, he guides the humble in doing right and teaches his way to the lowly. All all the parts of the Lord are love and faithfulness. To those who keep his covenant with his testimonies, for your name's sake, O Lord, forgive my sin, for it is great your hearts, O Lord, and, and love and faithfulness, and faithfulness to those who keep
2: your heart. A reading from the first letter of Peter Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. In order to bring you to God, he was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison who in former times did not obey when god waited patiently in the days of noah during the building of the ark in which a few that is eight persons were saved through water and baptism which is prefigured which this prefigured now saves you not as a remover of dirt from the body but as an appeal to god for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and power made subject to him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. May the Lord be on your lips and in your heart that you may worthily proclaim his holy gospel in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark.
3: Glory to you, O Lord.
1: Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and a Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise
3: to you, O Christ. Pray that I speak and you hear in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do be seated. Our reading from Genesis opens with God's eternal covenant to all creatures. It's a beautiful covenant in which God unconditionally promises to withhold divine destruction and God sets a sign, a rainbow, in the sky to assure us human beings that we need not fear another calamity, like that which is depicted in Genesis 6 to 8. When I was at Sunday school a long time ago, Tegan, there was a song that says, whenever you see a rainbow. Whenever you see a rainbow, whenever you see a rainbow, remember God is love. Those of you of a certain generation might know it. That is true, God is love. But what about the flood that came before this promise? What about the destruction of people and animals? And if we're not careful, we may adopt this passage as one that gives us comfort with the divinely orchestrated genocide inscribed in the story of the flood. It's only a small step from becoming desensitized to the genocide and other disasters in our world today. If we're not careful, we're prone to treat the rainbow as a crucial theological support, or we we treat the, the, the rainbow as a happy ending, indeed, to the flood. And then we don't pay any attention to the horrible historical consequences that have come out of the following verses. The verses that follow where we stop today. So we stopped at Genesis 9, verse 17. When you go home, young people, as well as adults, read the rest of that chapter that begins from 18 and ends at 29. This part of it, I think I must mention, it will be remiss of me not to mention, after all this loveliness of the ending of the flood and the covenant of the rainbow, with this rainbow as a sign, not to say what the rest of the verses bring about. These verses, which talk about the curse of Canaan, have constantly served as a crucial theological support for all kinds of oppression in our world, including, but not limited to, Transatlantic slave trade, the Holocaust, Apartheid, Muslim enslaving, non-Muslim, Hutu, massacring Tutsi, and all these other atrocities that go on. And of course, most of us, most people today, denounce such atrocities. But some still find ways to justify the curse of Canaan in the text. And so it leaves the passage charged with theological potential to be used for evil in generations to come. It's the passage where where we say that oppressors have the Bible in one hand and the sword in the other hand, and these are the verses they use to support what they're doing. But God makes a covenant with every living creature for all future generations, And that implies that God maintains some ongoing relationship with every being, human and animal. And God makes a covenant. Not to be confused with a contract. You know, sometimes you want to use a different word. And if you have the word in your computer or on your phone, I guess, and you click on it, Microsoft or whatever you're using give you a synonym. And one of these synonyms for covenant is contract. But we are not to confuse covenant with contract. It is not the same. A contract is a legal thing. Covenant is relational. So I'll tell you what I mean. So if we have prenuptial agreement and a marriage, the prenup is the contract. The marriage is the covenant. So the prenup is a contract enforced by law. The marriage is a covenant held together by vows and promises. So if you break the prenup, you violate the terms of the contract. If you break the marriage, you violate the trust that made the promises and the vows. And breaking up the prenup breaks the law. Breaking up the marriage breaks the vows. And often breaks a heart. And so this covenant, this end of the flood, marks a time when God's world will carry on with predictable seasons. Yes, we will still have floods. We do have them, don't we? We have hurricanes. We have tsunamis. We have storms. But never again will they be total destruction of all life the rainbow, a sign of hope, that things will turn around for the better, even during the tough times, a covenant of assurance that God will not destroy all life again. And this biblical flood story reminds us that we must hope. People of God, we must hope for the rainbow after the storm and believe that even in the midst of the tempest, a new day awaits us, a new tomorrow awaits us. And this message of hope, which we were invited to seek, seems poignant as we navigate the devastation of our global pandemic. Who could have imagined the toll that COVID-19 would take on the world? The sheer scale of loss, of human life, of animal life, loss of good health, loss of mental well-being, loss of relationships, employment, business, the list goes on. We hope for a change. And I don't believe for one moment that we'll ever go back to pre-COVID-19 times. I believe that we have to live with it the same way we live with the flu, the same way we live with AIDS, we're going to live with this. And I also believe that a vaccine is the way forward. I'm not a scientist, as you know, or a doctor of any sort, but from what I could read, that is what we are hoping in today, that all of us could be vaccinated and that way helping to stem the onslaught of this disease. And God is inviting us in Genesis to see the message of hope in our time, to benefit from God's message of hope. Every time you see a rainbow, you can be sure, God said, that I am remembering my promise about life. Every day, all over the world, rainbows testify of God's faithfulness to this covenant because God sees the rainbows too and remembers his promises or his promise about not sending such devastation to wipe out humanity and all living creatures again. So it doesn't matter how sinful humanity becomes. It doesn't matter how many storms and floods how much havoc they wreak on the earth, God will not wipe out life on this earth by a flood again. Life will go on. And that's the covenant underlying life on this planet of ours. God promises physical life for all. But there's a greater promise as we focus during Lent. Today, our first Sunday in Lent. We started Lent last Wednesday. And so our focus for Lent is the promise of eternal life for all who believe in God's Son, the Beloved with whom God is well pleased. The God who cares about all life in this world has sent his only begotten Son into this chaotic, disobedient Rebellious world to bring abundant life, to bring eternal life. And Lent is a season of penitence, as we know. It's a season to be honest with ourselves, with our human condition, with our relationship with God, the times when we have fallen short of the glory of God, the times when we didn't love as we should. Love God, love ourselves, loving each other. And so while our text today reminds us of the destructiveness of sin, it also reminds us of the persistent grace of God that keeps coming back to all of us, even after the flood, even as we live with COVID 19, after the cross. And so let us consider the flood and repent. Let us remember the covenant and hope. Let us consider the cross and believe that time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news that God so loved the world, that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him may not perish, but may have
2: eternal life. Amen. Amen.